everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of A Good Story Starts With. I have the wonderful Naomi with me today. How are Hello. you? I am good. A little nervous to be on a podcast. That is exciting. <laughs> that is totally fine. We, like, I was nervous as well. Now I'm like, this is so much fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Naomi, introduce yourself. Uh, tell me who are you and whose are you? I am Naomi. Um, I'm probably, I'm many things. I do lots of stuff. Um, yeah. I guess if I take it deeper, I'm like in my head when I kind of thought about the question, I'm like, I'm probably a learner. I'm an mm-hmm. avid learner. I love looking for new knowledge and understanding new things. Um, in ter- like in terms of normal life, I just do uni, um, studying arts and science. Um, and then I work casually for Monash Health. Um, been doing the vaccination sites and admin and stuff. Oh, well, that's um, cool. Yeah, so that's been fun. And then I also work at a uniform shop in Beaconsfield. Um, and then whose I am, um, I am oh, in my head, ultimately I am God's. Um, and then, um, like I'm a daughter to two parents. Um, I'm a sister to my youngest sister. Um, I've got, all sorts of cousins, um, friend, all sorts of things. Lots, lots of hats, <laughs> lots of titles. Yeah, yeah, lots of hats. Interesting that you said that you were a learner first. What, like, how did you come up to that? I guess it's not identity and title at the same time. Like, how did you decide? Like, learner is how I want to be known as. Um, it's kind of been something that I've been learning about this year. Mm-hmm. about myself is just re- like reflecting on who I am and also thinking about what I want to do in the future. Um, I found that everyone tends to have like a passion and a drive that gets them places. And I found that just over my life, mm-hmm. rather than being passionate about any one thing, mm-hmm. I'm actually just passionate about learning everything. Oh. Um, and obviously I understand that I will never learn everything, but I think that's exciting for me is that there mm-hmm. will always be new things to learn. And so I've always loved just like just exploring new things and understanding different things. And I love having like moments of just like where something clicks in your head. Mm-hmm. Like I have it about all sorts of stuff, like as a kid, especially like grammar and like understanding the way that the English language kind of works. Cause it's a yeah. horrible language to learn, but it's actually quite poetic in the way that it kind of links together and does mm-hmm. things. But um so like those are moments where I'm like, oh, that word does that. And so it means similar things to that. Mm-hmm. So I just, I've found this year I've really loved learning. Um mm-hmm. So I don't really know what I'm going to do with that. I'm thinking maybe possibly going into like university lecturing because that will enable me to continue further studies whilst mm-hmm. also working. Um but still waiting to figure out how that actually works and um, what that looks like in the future. But, yeah, that's kind of where I found myself sitting is just I love learning about stuff. That's so cool. How, like, so specifically, how did you choose, like, you wanted to do, like, a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Science? Like, what other, I guess – are you doing a Bachelor of Science in, like, psychology and that is arts and science or is it something different? Oh, it's it's literally the most, like, polar opposite course that you could choose. I, yeah. like, throughout school I loved both arts and science. So, like, for example, year 12 I did visual communication, physics, uh, math methods, specialist maths, um, and then English and 
did, uh, I think I did one more. No, I think that was all of them. Um, but yeah, so that was, so I did like that weird kind of thing. I also loved musicals and being in the theater, um, community at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I've loved music since I was like born. So there's, I've always had this like pull to like, I love maths and science. And it's always so fascinating. Yeah. I love arts and creativity and history and learning that sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's that. So I couldn't decide. I couldn't pick a camp mm-hmm. when I was at the end of year twelve, and so I just picked both. Fair um, which I don't know if that'll bite me in the back um, later on in life, or if it will be a blessing and a kind of secret sword in my sheath somewhere. But um, yeah, like that's that's kind of where I went to. Was I had um, I just couldn't pick. I just wanted to do both. So I'm doing. Um, so far, I've been doing anthropology and history as my two kind of major minor pair. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't decided which one's my major yet. I'm yeah. thinking history. The start of this year, I was thinking anthropology. So clearly, it's, I can't even make up my mind about arts. Um, and then uh, with the science, I was doing um, chemistry, but I only did a couple of units and I just, it didn't click with me at all. Okay. It just wasn't. My thing, it's just this whole other language that I haven't learnt. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe one day, like, it's fascinating to me. I loved learning about it. But I just couldn't actually do it well enough um, mm-hmm. for me to warrant spending thousands of dollars on it. Um, so I'm changing to math- mathematics, which is my strong suit in science. Yeah. Nice. Like, I preferred chemistry to maths. Um, <laughs> chemistry made more sense to my brain mm. than it does because it's like, these two set chemicals will produce this reaction under mm. these conditions. Like it just made sense in my brain, but man, like being a lover of ma- a lover of maths, I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, how does your brain do that? Cause I, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't know. My parents don't even know. They're like, that was completely out of the blue. That doesn't make any sense with anyone like n- neither of my parents are mathematically driven mm-hmm. and it's not even like the basic maths like I struggle with my multiplication and like timetables and division and addition and subscri- subtraction and stuff I'm learning I'm getting better but mm-hmm. I'm not good at it but I much prefer like your complicated maths and your you know your gradients and your Oh, so like, like so like calculus. Calculus, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of the word. I'm like, oh gosh, I've forgotten what it's called. Yeah, calculus. You my I love calculus. Right I'm like, what? I taught myself calculus actually. I was getting, um, I was doing. I decided to pick up some random like physics course at the end of you know, nine or ten, and they said mm-hmm. you would need a basic understanding of calculus to do it. Like it wasn't like it was a free one online like work through. I don't think I ever got through it. Um, but so I went online and I taught myself calculus to be able to do this physics thing. It just made sense to me. Like it just clicked in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I I don't know how to describe to you how my brain is like, <laughs> she said what? She did what? <laughs> That's usually a reaction, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just like, you taught you casually, like taught yourself calculus. Yeah. One of my good friends, she loved maths and science as well. She taught herself calculus and she tried to teach me calculus and I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. understand. I just, differentiation was like easier to me than integration. 
Oh, it absolutely is. Differentiation is hands down easier than integration. That like it's integration you need to I find I have to focus to be able to do it because it's the because it's backwards Mm -hmm. to differentiation. Um yeah, I find I have to really like concentrate when doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So like you are working within the like on obviously on the admin sides at the vaccination clinics. Mm. How like how have you gone through the pandemic? Um, like and how have you I guess walked through it well without like being lost? <laughs> <laughs> um, not at all. Um I the pandemic has been a weird experience for me. At the start I really kinda got into it. Um mm-hmm. I'm quite more introverted, so I like being at home and I loved online learning because I'm like, oh that's an hour and a half of travel time that I don't have to do to get to university. Like, mm-hmm. and that's like round trip, but still it was a long trip to get mm-hmm. there. And so like, I'm like, Oh, now I can do all my readings. I'd never been able to do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was, that was exciting. And I loved just being able to take things at my own pace a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and not feel that pressure. That was good. But then, um, yeah, I've had like, especially last year, I struggled a lot with like anxiety and, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, I'm a lot better now, but, yeah, last year I felt, like, regularly very anxious. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then this year's been kind of up and down and, like, I haven't coped with a couple of the lockdowns because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's starting again. We're not mm. going to do anything. We just got back into, like, doing normal life and now it's all gone. Um, and, yeah, and now I'm coming to the end of it and I'm like, oh, it's been two years since life's been normal and like my first year of uni, I'd really gotten into like the culture and had a really full life. Um, and that was all kind of like stripped back because of COVID. Um, and now I'm like, Oh, I've kind of lost a lot of people skills, a lot of confidence with mm. people, which is like a weak point for me. Um, so now it's gotten to an even weaker point. Mm. Um, which I'm like, Oh, okay. That's probably something we need to work on now. Um, to not like just because I'm like in my head now I'm like oh I just want to like hide myself away when two years ago I was quite happy to go out and do things and experience life with people um Mm -hmm. so now like it's now got to be a conscious decision that I make to put myself out there and not just stay at home all day because I probably would do that now (laughs) that introvert vibe right um How did you deal with the anxiety of last year? Like, how did you? Lots of prayer, lots mm-hmm. of talking about it and um, trying to find different ways to to just cope with it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I never, I was going, it got to the point where I was felt like I needed to go to see a therapist mm-hmm. um, and I never followed through on that because I didn't want to do an online thing mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't find, I'd gotten a referral from my doctor and I couldn't find anyone that took Medicare um, that I like wanted to see because at that point I was really um, wanting someone who had shared the same faith as me that was Christian because mm-hmm. um, I felt that was really important. Um, so that was that was kind of where I was at then. I'm like. I don't really want to spend. I didn't have a lot of money at that point as well because I was only at that point I had two jobs, but it was Red Rooster and the uniform shop. Mm-hmm. And the uniform shop obviously 
I didn't get lots of shifts at because we were locked down, couldn't be open to the public, all that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, the Red Rooster, like it didn't pay very well. Um, they were very, like they didn't treat me very well in terms of like giving me shifts and giving me good work and stuff. So that like I didn't, I earned enough. I was able to save a little bit, but I like it wasn't like a, a, a enough to be able to warrant spending on therapy and stuff. So Mm. um, that was kind of another factor playing in my mind. So I think just lots of prayer and Mm. just get like walking through it. Um, There wasn't really an escape route. It was just experiencing it. And Mm. it has given me a better understanding of what it's like um, to deal with like mental health issues. And um, because beforehand, like I've had a pretty easy life. I'm very blessed to be able to say that. Um, And to... So I haven't had to necessarily deal with those sorts of things myself. Um, and so to have that experience means that I can relate better to other people, um, especially my sister who also has her own mental health problems. I'm able to relate better to her and mm-hmm. help my parents understand that better as well. And um, so, yeah, I, like it was a difficult time and there were moments where it was really like overwhelming, but I think it's been a blessing in disguise or it's at least been, there's been some silver linings to it as well. Hmm. Yeah. It, it has affected people differently. Um, like both of them, like last year's lockdown mm. and this year's lockdowns. Cause I remember the first run through, like I was like super into running and yeah. um, was like, yeah, I'm going to use this to like, just, just for something to do. Um, mm. and as a way to get out of the house, but this year's one, like I was also studying and working and there was just no mental bandwidth to be, to, to go out yeah. for a run. Like just the thought of going out for a run made me want to vomit. Um, but yeah, so it's, I'm always intrigued to hear how people like walked through that yeah. and dealt with like, yeah, just dealt with a crappy time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Have you have you always lived in Melbourne or did you guys move from somewhere else? We've always lived in like the Melbourne area. When I was a when I was younger, so kind of around birth to about 10 years old, we lived down mm-hmm. at Endeavor Hills. Mm-hmm. Um so it's probably a 20 minute drive from where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um and then in 2010, mum and dad were able to purchase a house um and move down to Officer, mm-hmm. which is always exciting. Um so yeah. yeah. So that's, I've, but I've, yeah, I've basically lived in Melbourne my whole life. Yeah. What has been like the best thing about living in Melbourne? Um, oh, that's, that's a hard question. Um, I think I like, I like the culture and like mm. I, I've never felt like being in Melbourne. I was ever in danger or ever like, not wanted like it's not necessarily a like an area where you would go up to everyone and go hi how are you going at least from mm-hmm. my perspective because like that would stress me out a lot to do that um but it's it's always I, like I love going into the city and just watching everyone and everyone just kind of goes about their day and you mm-hmm. see everyone like walking through and crossing streets and they're all on different purposes and going to mm-hmm. different places and it's always exciting I think I like the diversity the mm-hmm. just the multiculturalism the multi-lifeness everyone's just got a different path and a different story and 
um, different reason for being here and it's all like it makes it such a unique place in the world. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, I would definitely agree. Like Melbourne has got a very like artsy culture that mm. I quite enjoy um, and even the hustle and bustle of the city is quite beautiful. I much mm. prefer the quiet, like, um, I like, I like having the choice that if I want to go to the city and experience that hustle and bustle, I can go, mm. but I can also like leave yes. and come <laughs> and yeah, just go and say like, yeah, this is, I just want more peace and quiet. So that's really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. How, like you mentioned before that it was really important to you to have a therapist who um, also shared the same faith as you. How, um, how did you come to know Jesus? Um, that's, it's been a long journey. I, mm. so I became a Christian when I was about five or six. Like I was mm-hmm. quite young. I still remember the night. It was a church night, a big fun kind of like family night. And they had this, like this bracelet with like bead colored beads on it and then a mm-hmm. book that explained what all the colors meant mm-hmm. um and what they signified and that like it had a prayer in it about giving your life to Christ and like oh I want to do that um so I did that um and just yeah like uh, and actually that night I had this vision of heaven which was really cool um wow. so that was that was fun um but then like just over my life it's just been this journey of learning about God and finding new moments of faith. And um, so, you know, growing up, especially during high school, um, different um, like SYG events or church events where um, someone would say something and I'd have more of a moment of wanting to commit. Um, My mission trip to Thailand was probably a big moment in my faith journey. Um, That was that was when I really committed to reading the Bible more and praying more and really investing time into my faith um, and not just kind of just, oh, yeah, I'm Christian, whatever um, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so that was that was a really amazing experience because we had gone to um, this <clears throat> this uh, this uh, like this organization that rescues um, children from um, like slavery or like abuse or um yeah so all those sorts of really awful 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 situations mm-hmm. um and then we we went to a worship night there and these kids that had gone through basically hell and back were praising Jesus with more passion than all of us white kids from Australia combined mm-hmm. And that, like, that moved us all. Like, the the rides home, we were all weeping. Like, the guys might deny it, but we saw tears. We know there were tears. We all were um, emotional after that. And that was such a huge moment where we're like, where I was like, I need to, like, this is, this God is real and I need to step up my game. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, um, as I got older, especially more towards my, um, kind of late high school and the last few years um, of uni um, has been really just understanding what I believe and why I believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I've basically kind of like torn or like God has torn apart um, all my understandings of um, church and prayer and um, all those kind of, you know, communion and all these cores of Christianity that, I believed because 
of what my parents had taught me, but as I got older, I knew I needed to understand it for myself and be able to defend that to myself. Um, and then this year's probably been another significant year in that journey because I found God basically like tore, or at least it felt like he tore everything that I had built of my identity apart. Um, and then he just rebuilt it from him. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than kind of everything and God kind of like encompassing it and trying to keep it all together, it was my, my identity is now built on a rock of knowing that I'm his child, that mm-hmm. he is Christ. And I don't like that is my center now. Um, which I found that even when stuff gets rocky, even when life gets difficult, And when, especially at the minute when like I've been trying to think about what my future looks like and that's been quite stressful and overwhelming. Um, but I've known that I've been able to come back to God won't leave me. God's already there and I don't have to worry about the future. I can just, all I need to do is what I can do in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's all I need to have my like worries on. Um, so that's, yeah, it's just been a journey. I think my faith, it's not really been one moment of commitment i think it's just been lots of footsteps following where god's leading me yeah no i like that analogy because i think it's more accurate to what also um previous saints have been yeah like previous saints have experienced as well like it wasn't Mm. just like one moment and then that Jesus came in and then their whole life was amazingly perfect and they never struggled mm. ever again. But it was like a series of, Hey, um, we, we collectively, um, the saints were changed moment by moment by moment until mm. the image of Christ was fully developed. So I, I do appreciate and want to honor you for talking about that. Um, so you, said that you have been a Christian since you were five. So you've grown up in the church and within Mm. that, the Christian subcultures. What are some of the things that you've seen that, um, that you've been like, hang on a minute. Like, I don't, I don't actually think that's okay. And how have you wrestled with that and brought that to Christ? Yeah. Um, it's been lots of things. Um, Mm -hmm. especially I think particularly the the way that the church views um the lgbta community and mm. um homosexuality um that's been something that like cuz obviously i think i can't remember what year it was now but there was that referendum for mm-hmm. gay marriage and that i think sparked that debate um but it that i find like just thinking about it throughout history you've the church has hated this particular way of life mm-hmm. over a lot of other ways of life that are just as foul. Like, um, and even like particularly thinking kind of 20th century Christians mm-hmm. um, and the, just that like that mindset of because you are this way, you are automatically in the hell bin. Um, that, that always grates on me because I'm like, that's not how Christ works. Mm. He didn't die on the cross just so that everyone bar these people get saved. Um, and like God would not create someone to simply just be put in the 
rubbish bin. Like that's, that would not, that isn't God's character at all in the Bible. Um, he offers redemption and forgiveness and grace and mercy so many times when it's never deserved. Um, yeah, I find, I, I find the way that Christians in the past have thought of just that hate, mm. that like that, that strange message of hate that I don't know how they got out of the gospels, but, mm-hmm. um, they just preach at it and go, you're sinful. You're going to hell. We're all sinful. All have fallen short of and have sinned and fallen short of glory, God. Like that is key, and it's Jesus came down and died for all, not just a select few, not just for the Jews, not just for the Christians, not just like I think when you become a Christian, you forget that you are still in a sinful world, you are still in a sinful body. Um, it is only your spirit that's been refreshed and renewed because your old, your body will die and your spirit will be raised up. Um, and you'll get a new body. Um, so that like, yeah, I've, I've, <clears throat> yeah, I've struggled with that idea that Christ, like gay people are automatically dead for eternity or damned mm. for eternity. Like, that's, that's just not the message of the gospel at all. It doesn't fit with what Jesus preached. Um, and so, yeah, I think like ultimately I, I come back to God's instruction to us was to love God, to love others and to make disciples. That like, that's, those were the instructions. It wasn't to accuse people of sinning it wasn't to attack them and tell them they're going to hell it was to show love and to bring them to jesus for them to experience his love and like it like i have no idea what the like what god is what god will say about um homosexuality and like all, all I know, I can't judge them. I cannot tell what is in their heart. I don't know their story. I don't know, like, what in this broken world has happened for something to, for that to be like that, for that to be a difference there. Um, same as I don't know why, um, people get, uh, alcoholics or, you know, why people would rape someone or beat someone or like all of these things. I'm not just singling out homosexuality in this and I don't know why it's broken, but <clears throat> all of these things, I don't know why it has been broken. I just know it has been broken. Um, and my job is not to point out the brokenness. It's just to love them and help God put the pieces back together mm. and yeah, it's just, it's like, it's, that was, that's something that I just get really, um, frustrated over because I'm like, how are you preaching hate at these people when God's specific command was to love others as I have loved you? Like, that, like, is it love to yell in someone's face and tell them that they're damned for all eternity to be in hell? Hmm. Like, I don't think that's love. I wouldn't call that love. I think if you're calling that love, you need to look at what your definition of love is because it's a bit messed up. Yeah. No, I totally, I agree with you of like we as Christians are called to 
love people and in that in well actually let me rephrase that we as christians are called to love god and in loving god our hearts are changed and we learn how to be the temple of the mm. of holy spirit we learn how to be the temple of god and because of that we will um we will our nature will actually change and we will become yeah. like god so that wherever we go um the way that we speak the way that we act and the in the way that we treat other people, people will look at that and be like, man, that is God speaking through me, mm. which makes that gospel of hatred even worse. Because when people say like, oh, Christians are spouting hurt to X group, whether it's mm. um, alcoholics, whether it's people um, in the LGBTQIA, I, I feel so. like I'm missing yeah. Like, if I'm missing some letters, I'm really sorry, but that's, like, the yeah. thing that's in my brain. But, like, whatever group it is, um, I just think they they don't see that as just Christians doing that. They see mm-hmm. that as, like, oh, God hates me, which I agree with you, grinds my gears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but what, like, and on the flip side of that, what has been as, like, uh, being part of the church and Christian subculture what has been the one thing that you've been like, this is actually really beautiful and worth commending and worth celebrating? Mm. Um, I think I love the way that church is, uh, it's a hard topic because it's not for some people, mm. but it's been a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this obviously is understanding that churches are not perfect and that the people that lead churches are not perfect. Um, but I found that um, church can be a place of renewal and, um, and I love, like, I mean, it comes back to my learning thing. I love learning. So I love going to church and learning more about scripture and learning more about God's love and, like I don't know that's in my head that's the one thing that I find the best about church because I think it is a especially at the minute with all of the um all of the investigations into the church's behavior and um different pastors and priests behaviors um uh, which has all been really horrible to read about and the fact that the church which is meant to be a safe place it is meant to be a loving place and um something a place of security has become the opposite for a lot of people and that's mm. really heartbreaking but at least like looking at the early church and looking at the way that church can work well just that community and that uh, that ability for people to come together and create a place of joy and happiness and and safety um in that and where it's supporting each other, it's living life together, it's it's helping each other through difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um like um that just that idea of family um mm-hmm. in the church. Um and yeah, it makes me really sad to think that this is such a happy thing that the church does and it especially like nowadays with all of these things that are coming out, it seems to be an ideal that is missed or mm-hmm gotten wrong um but i i do i think that's that is the beauty of the church is that it is it isn't 
are building its people and it's a people who are meant to be focused purely on God um, who through that can then bless their community. I've loved the way that follow have really reached out and done the food van and done the breakfast club and um, all sorts of um, just really positive influences in the community um, which have been really, really great to, um, to see. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm, it's that, it's that sense of togetherness, I think is the Mm -hmm. best bit. Yeah. It is quite beautiful when the church is the church, (laughs) when it's a family unit that seeks the beauty of God and seeks the best of all people because um I can't remember where it is in scripture, but it's like, you know, Jesus is the desire of nations and that we as a people flourish best when we are in the presence of God. Mm. So um a church that seeks to love Jesus and seeks to honor him, the outflow of that will be creating a space and a structure that people flourish in. Mm. Um and if the people aren't flourishing then it you then have to ask the question of like, are you actually like yeah. loving God in that regard? But yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to say. Um, as a learner, I am assuming that you read a lot of books, um, watch a lot of videos. What, well, I mean, watch a lot of videos or movies. What books or movies have like influenced you the most? Um, Oh, I have I have a few. Okay. Um, probably in terms of books, mm-hmm. um, like apart from the Bible for obvious reasons, um, Little Women has been my favorite book of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the remake, the movie that came out in 2019, which I can't believe was 2019. It feels like last year, but no, it was like two, three years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved, I, I've loved that story pretty much since I read the book for the first time. Why? I'm just I haven't read Little Women. Oh, it's it's so heartwarming. It's this it's such a beautiful collection of stories about family and and love and um, just like that community and that just that like life um and mm. it's it's I I just love reading the characters and seeing them interact and it like it really does portray a true family dynamic um of you know there's bickering and fights and there's and then there's moments of forgiveness and then there's times when they all pull together and do something really well and do something really good um and then um that you know missing each other and um pursuing career pursuing love pursuing um yeah pursuing adventure um how family pulls you up when you've kind of fallen down and have kind of lost yourself and how often that isn't by kind words it's by getting in your face and going dude wake up you you need to stop doing this or you need to pull yourself up like this is you're looking like a mess right now um and yeah like it's it's such a great story I've always loved it it's it's, and it's heartwarming. It's got a happy ending. It's, um, and there's like also, like, I think there's, there's four books of this, 
kind of series that Louisa May Alcott wrote. So there was Little Women and Good Wives, which those two together usually are the story that you will hear of Little Women. Um, it's the one that the movie bases itself off. Um, so those two are usually paired together. Um, and then um, you have uh, Joe's Boys and Little Men, which is almost like a spin-off um, following the main character of the series, which is Joe. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's the second oldest sister um, in this group of four. Um, and she um, she ends up running a essentially a school for boys and like sort of orphanage teaching kind of thing um, with her husband. Um, and they, and so I think Joe's boys is from her perspective raising and from the others perspectives rate like in this house together. And then little men is following some of those boys as they grow up and mm-hmm. kind of experience life. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Of that generation um, of books, like the ones that I liked was Anne of Green Gables. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. Uh, so good. That series was the one that I was like, ooh, I love this. This is amazing. Yeah. Because um, I read it up until she went to uni when I was at uni. Okay. Um, and then I didn't read it again. So I'll pick that up later it's so good and i like i loved i think i read pretty much all of the because there's like 12 books in the series or something um so i think i would i read the first three and then i skipped the one that was basically just letters between her and gilbert um that that one i'm like no i'm not sitting here and reading them write love letters to each other for a whole book um and so i just skipped that and went to um book five i think it was um maybe there's just eight books or something but then i read uh, I read a few more books and then it got to the point where they weren't going from her perspective. They were looking at her daughter, I think. Oh. And then it was kind of, it was a bit weird and it wasn't the, it wasn't the original book. It was more just kind of building on this universe of Anne and Green Gables. So, mm. yeah. So like at that point, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're done. <laughs> no, all right. This is it. This is it for me. <laughs> yeah. What about movies that you, or other books that you, that have helped you. So, in terms of like movies, I'm not like a massive movie person. I'm probably mm-hmm. more TV shows. Um, mm. So, like in terms of movies, they've not really like. I don't. I can't think of any that have like had a significant impact on my life. More mm-hmm. of just like I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of TV shows, I'm just gonna have to say The Chosen because it's mm. amazing, and I will promote it and it like as soon as you talk to me for about five minutes i'll mention it somewhere um all right it, it's talk to me about it because i haven't watched it it's so yeah it's free it's it's just it's following the story of jesus as he um throughout his ministry but from the perspective of the disciples mm-hmm. um and particularly simon peter um mm-hmm. and just amazing writing amazing acting it really tells the story in a really impactful way in a way that has, i don't think has been done before really mm-hmm. um and it really highlights a lot of parts of the gospel that i don't like you don't really notice because you're so focused on jesus coming down and saving the world that you forget that 
you know, you can see yourself in the disciples. Um, and so you, you watch the disciples and like something that I've realized from watching it is when you are called to follow Jesus, that isn't him saying be perfect. That isn't him saying you're going to be perfect. And it isn't meant to be like a, an instantaneous, like amazing journey, easy ride sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It is Jesus meeting you where you're at wherever that is Mm -hmm. and just teaching you and leading you on this journey which you don't know where it's going to go but it will be amazing and exciting and yeah I'm really like I'm I'm just loving watching this show and like watching the disciples and like obviously some of it is like there's some creative license taken it is a drama so um, they don't like obviously, and they say at the very first start of the first episode, this is not scripture. It should not be a replacement for scripture. Um, mm-hmm. This is us imagining what it would be like to live out the gospels um, mm-hmm. and what that would look like. Because um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that we don't read about in the gospels. There's lots of stuff that happened in that three years that gets left out, like mm-hmm. all of the hours and days and weeks that they just would have spent walking. Um, and just chatting and hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's, they're very, um, it's more meant to be a, like a stepping stone into understanding more of the Gospels and um, connecting more with them. They're not just this dry kind of old, not really relevant story. They're actually very much alive, very inspiring pieces of literature that, are true and they're powerful and um it like i would recommend every, everyone watching it because it's just so good um it like it obviously it just i mean it's had such an impact already there's been mm. millions of people that are watching it and have come to know christ through it um and yeah like I know some people have an issue with the fact that some of the storylines aren't from scripture and some like obviously it's not line for line dialogue with scripture. Often they will use they use scripture as like their starting point. Um mm-hmm. but I like I just I love that it's imaginative and they you they are so careful at making sure they don't contradict scripture and they have all sorts of um people that they talk to so that they there's a team of three uh, men, there's an evangelical priest, a um, a Christ-following um, Jew um, minister, so like, uh, and then um, there is a Catholic priest. Um, wow. Rabbi is the word. There's a Christian rabbi. Um, interesting. It's really interesting, and they do these round tables where they talk about this, like what they were thinking and the different um, – different things where it's like this is a bit more creative license whereas this bit is definitely legit and Mm. um so it's very like they've they're really getting that historical context right and making sure that they're not like they're like obviously they're not they're trying not trying to like not offend anyone because then it wouldn't be a very interesting show but Mm. um be very bland um but they're really trying to not be commit like in like heresies and really trying to stay true to the gospels and what scripture says uh it's that's good just amazing and there's all sorts of stuff on their youtube channel that 
goes into all of this stuff and yeah they're they're very open yeah i'm always a bit hesitant about like <laughs> um i guess christian media mm. because as like a creative there's some things that happens in christian media that i literally like twitch because it's either like super cheesy or the acting is atrocious it's so neither of those it's, it's okay it's real like professionally made well written mm-hmm. like drama like it doesn't feel like a classic corny cheesy movie because like okay. it doesn't feel like a normal christian production because like God. i definitely know what you're talking about like it was all you watched in school because like i went to a christian school so when you were having like a movie day or whatever you had remember the titans and you had that one about the football guy that um that like his life was falling apart and then he went to god and like had this whole like thing and his wife couldn't um get pregnant and then because he followed jesus his wife could get pregnant yes because yeah. apparently jesus fixes your entire life and it's oh, yeah. not <laughs> Miracles there's no prosperity everyone. gospel in that movie at yeah. all at all <laughs> not at all jesus did not say carry a cross and follow me not at all no. it was a metaphor yes <laughs> Yeah, he said that, that he would he would heal everyone and that everything would be miraculous and fixed and solved and life would be good. Yeah, and we won't need him anymore because that's definitely the Christian oh, yeah. lifestyle. 100%. Yeah. 100%. He said, I'm here to train you up so that you don't need me anymore. Yeah, exactly right. <sighs> that's why That's I, why he sent the Holy Spirit so that he could yeah. just, like, watch us do well. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we got this whole life thing down-packed. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. Oh, no, like, um, I think I watched the first episode of The Chosen. I think it was talking about Mary when she was possessed. Mm. Probably Mary of Magdala. Yeah. Because they like to make her, they like to make her to be possessed. Um, well, but. she was, she was in, like, it's, in the Bible, she had seven demons and was, like, Jesus freed her of those. Yeah, but was it Mary of Magdala, though, or was it a different Mary? Because they I say think a lot it was of Mary Magdala. Yeah. She was this influential person in Jesus' life. They just didn't write much about her. Yeah. I, like, I've, I've read the, those bits of scripture and it was Mary Magdala. Yeah. Like, because I'm always like, because there are a lot of different Marys. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, because there's sometimes a conflation between Mary of Magdala and uh, the the prostitute who came to Simon Peter's house mm. and um, wiped her, wiped Jesus's feet with her tears, yeah, and the Mary who wiped Jesus's feet with the oil when yes. they're like, and the Mary and the Mary who was possessed with demons and Mary of Magdala, like. So yeah, there's is, lots of different references. She, they're not because they know that some people think that Mary Magdala was the prostitute, and she wasn't. That. Yeah, that like, was a different Mary. And Mary. like, but that's the thing. Apparently, they were saying in that time, yeah. there weren't lots of names. You were just kind of given the name of your father or your mother or whatever. And oh, Mary was a very common name of that time, which is why you see so many Marys in the New Testament. What? And it's yeah. like they make a lot of jokes about having very similar sounding names or. Lots mm. of the same name. It's it's yeah, it's great. Funny. Yeah. What is your favorite like one episode of the chosen and two gospel in the Bible? 
Uh, favorite episode of The Chosen would be season two, episode one. Um, oh wow, that's that very is, specific. Oh, I I love it. It's got it's this beautiful package of like it has my favorite scene of all time out of the whole Chosen series, which is where James and John are in Samaria and they're like. Um, they're basically the ones that are really uncomfortable with being in Samaria. They're like, nope, don't want to be here. These people are scum of the earth. We want to leave. Let us leave. Let's go out of here. Come on. Um, and they've caught up with Jesus trying to figure out what the plans of the day are because they feel like they're, um, they should be the leaders of the group. Um, and it's mm-hmm. kind of starting this tension in the team of, um, who's leading and what the team dynamic looks like and all that. Um, and so they're kind of catching up to Jesus while he's kind of just walking and praying and stuff. And they're like, oh, we just need to organize what's going on. And then a group of Samaritans walk past and like spit at them and throw tomatoes and like stuff like food at them and are really horrible, um, aggressive. And Jesus is like, don't do anything. Um, and the James and John are getting really like fired up. And then these people walk away and James and John are like, you should have sent fire from heaven down to like smite them. And not in those exact words, but like that's, that's the gist of what they said. And, um, he's like, you think that you're better than them? You're not. That's the whole point. And that is my favorite line of the whole series. And I quote it in my head so much because it's like, you think that you're better than all these people. You think that just because you're following me or just because you're Jewish, just because you're Christian, you are now better than all of these other people. You are not. That's the whole point of why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. That really hits me. And then the rest of the episode's just amazing. It has my favorite miracle in it. It has my favorite, like it's got some of the best jokes in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's such a good, good episode. It's I love it. Um, and then favorite gospel um, that one's really hard because I love all of them. Um, I, I want to say John mm. just because like, he, I mean, his writing is really kind of like, I'm fancy, but like yeah. a little bit, a little bit obnoxious. Um, uh, just like uh, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the light of the word was like like mm-hmm. it's it's a bit pretentious but in a good way um and it's he's not paul big. level pretentious yes no it's not that's paul an, level pretentious that's neck level pretentiousness <laughs> but um, it's it's beautiful it's mm-hmm. it's poetic and you i love reading it and you just feel how much john loved jesus mm. like i know that there's some debate as to whether john was john um son of Zebedee or whether it was the elder, which was like some other character that we don't really know much about. Um, In my mind, I don't think it could be anyone other than John, the disciple of Jesus, because like he just, there's just that love Mm -hmm. that I don't think you get without like spending that amount of time with Jesus. Um, Obviously you can love Jesus in that way without having that. That's like, that's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit and having scripture there. Um, there's, there's just a unique way that John sees Jesus and John loves Jesus. That's just so special and powerful. And you read it and you're like, man, this Jesus guy's cool. This is like, and like, it's not him over exaggerating either. Like he, mm. he's under exaggerating. He's under, he's under representing Jesus because there is no way of, actually properly representing and 
describing God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Like that's that's impossible. And John yeah. acknowledges this in his gospel. Um it's it's just so beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. Um my favorite gospel. I don't know. Um contrary to like most Christians, the New Testament is not my favorite like yeah, part I, of the I Bible. kind of agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like Ephesians is amaze balls. Love <laughs> Ephesians, um, but like I just reading the New Testament without appreciating the Old Testament sound to me sounds like st- starting the story halfway through because technically yeah. you actually are starting the story halfway through. So I don't, I don't have a favorite gospel. Because I haven't spent comparatively as much time mm. in the Gospels as I've done in the Old Testament. So it's a really, I'm yeah. like, I don't really have one. Like, it'll be easier to be like, oh, John, because he's so poetic. But I quite like Matthew because of his, mm. um, what's the word? The fact that he bridges that gap of like. Mm. He references back to the Old Testament a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be one of the reasons why I like him, but I much prefer the Hebrew scriptures, aka Old Testament, more yeah. to the New Testament. I love the Old Testament. It's so interesting and like I I love that it's this beautiful story of it's a picture of humanity Correct. and humanity given the best chance possible to be with Christ and to be reunited with God. They were given okay. every opportunity, the best like the best odds and they couldn't do it. So, like, mm-hmm. I often think about why this specific group was chosen, but it's like mm-hmm. it was this group chosen for to have this very specific, like, have everything they need to be able to be with God, and they couldn't do it. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's, like, it's essentially proof of why Jesus had to come down. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and I just don't. Yeah, I could talk about the Hebrew scriptures all day long, um, <laughs> like, but that's that's for another time. I might make a separate podcast of like why the Hebrew scriptures are amazing. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> no, actually, I probably could do it here as well because they are stories and yeah. they can they can they can fit. But yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I I love them. Um, I just I just think they're wonderful because it's like these are the words that Jesus read. Um, mm, yes. because, yeah, these, these are the, he memorized the whole book of Deuteronomy mm. and the whole book of Isaiah, of Isaiah, not Hosea, Isaiah, <laughs> good old Izzy. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating to me. Like, these are the same words that Jesus would have read. He would have, um, memorized these Psalms and like held the, yeah. the scrolls and it's, it's, I just, I just get a kick out of that. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but we've come to the point of the podcast where it's your turn to ask me questions. Okay. Um, I think so. I have had one, Ooh. which I thought of. Um, so do you find love stories to be accurate and why or why not? Like in terms of like whatever you think of when you think of love stories. Oh, I. So when I think of love stories, I think of romantic comedies yeah. and I would be 
like resounding fuck no like just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like no 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 um i i can't watch most romantic comedies because i'm just sitting there I'm like that is not how you communicate you do that your partner <laughs> will leave you like it's you don't do that no like yeah. just i i can't watch them um but um reading some of them is a similar experience very few that i'm like oh this sounds really cool some of um so like you have your classics like Pride and Prejudice, mm. which is like cool, but eh, very classic-y. Um, and then you have your Disney stories, which are also really cool because they're like, oh, I feel good. But yeah. as long as you read them in their context of like this is an unrealistic picture of how this is meant yeah. to be, I think you have a better time of either reading or watching love stories. But if you're looking to them as like, hey, could you be more realistic? I think you just have a really bad time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, in saying that though, one of the most probably closest to realistic depictions of what actual relationships are like is the relationship between, um, Gomez and Moticia Adams. Um, yes. So, so the Adams family, uh, particularly Gomez and Moticia, are like my favorite, absolute favorite um, couple. If I were to be like, hey, what kind of couple um, that I would take relationship advice from, it would be Gomez and Moticia. Um, but that's like fictional couple I would take relationship yeah. advice from. It would be Gomez and Petition. I love them. They're so good. They're just so great. I despised the latest cartoon version of them, but because I just think they ruined Gomez and they made him into like a yes man when Gomez is not a yes man. Mm. Um, and like they made him, they made him weaker, which is, mm. that's like, anyway, I have just very strong opinions about the I st- I stay away from all of the, like remakes I'm like the, the traditional original TV show that is that is accurate mm-hmm. that is the one that I will refer to the rest of them I tried to not like I loved the movies though um but the TV shows like the, her dress was far more realistic in the TV shows than in yeah. the movies like I just they just they were just so great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. I appreciated it. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun.